Get Jolted into electrifying health and well-being with The Jolt Files. A spark of inspiration that will ignite your body and mind and shock you out of the same old routine. This is The Jolt Files with your host, Katherine Berry. Hello and welcome. My name's Kath Berry and I'm here with Matthew Bauer, President of the Acupuncture Now Foundation. We're here to talk today about acupuncture. And one of the most important things, of course, is how do you go about finding an acupuncturist? So Matt, my question for you is, what sort of training would an acupuncturist go through in order to learn all the the different things that we've spoken about in the episodes of the Jolt Files? One of the great challenges for acupuncture's growth as it's really spread all over the world is setting up training programs that teach people how to become qualified acupuncturists. In most countries, there have has been really good progress made towards setting up these training programs. Most of them will run somewhere in the two to four year sort of college degree type programs. And in some countries, they will give you a college degree. You will earn a college degree as you go through that training program. But that is a bit of a challenge. There isn't one universal standard for every country. But otherwise, do a search, an internet search for qualified acupuncturist, licensed acupuncturist, registered acupuncturist. With those search terms, they should find organizations, associations, or foundations that have taken on the task of trying to establish those qualifications and help direct people to the most qualified acupuncturist. So what sort of subjects uh, is an acupuncturist studying? We, you know, we've talked a lot about energy, meridians, the yin and yang and the five elements. You know, how much training does an acupuncturist have in Western medicine? How safe are they when they come to stick needles in somebody? Well, that is one of the unique things about learning about acupuncture in Chinese medicine is I always like to say there's really been two great medical systems developed down through history. One, of course, is modern medicine with all the wonderful technological knowledge of anatomy and physiology and everything. And the other one is really from the Far East, Chinese medicine, which is a great system for helping to stimulate natural healing. So most training programs are going to have both included in them. There, there is going to be training in Western understanding of anatomy and physiology. And then the main part of the training program is going to be about Chinese medicine and a lot of specific details about diagnosis and how to treat with acupuncture and including clinics where practitioners will get hands-on training, which is really the most important part of the training is the hands-on training. But almost all programs will include a good working knowledge of Western medicine. And, And the idea for that is that practitioners from those training programs come out of those programs with the knowledge of when they should refer. 
knowing what their own limitations are in Chinese medicine and when the modern medical approach is more appropriate for any given patient. Indeed, in, in fact, in Sydney, Australia, where I did my undergraduate health science degree, we were doing the same subjects as nurses. So that certainly fits with your biomedicine as well as Eastern medicine training. So my, my question for you too then is, you know, given that some of the acupuncture points are in fairly precarious places, how does an acupuncturist know then how and when and how deep to insert the needles? Well, that's that's a subject that really spans both traditions, the, the traditional Chinese and the modern uh, medical. What we call Chinese medicine, we know, spread throughout the Far East by at least the 6th century. So it's been around many other countries for a long time now, too. And they probably learned some of the the hardest lessons about needle depth and technique the hard way. They probably caused some medical problems, but through that great experience, we've learned a lot about needle depth and angle of insertion and which points you have to be more careful with. So that would even be within the traditional Chinese medicine background, the training there. But now in modern time, of course, when I say that that practitioners going through these training programs learn Western medicine, but maybe somewhat limited compared to physicians, one of the most important things we put more emphasis on are things that are related to acupuncture points, the anatomy uh, related to that. So we'll be learning about the muscle, thickness of the muscles, especially the ones that are over organs, to learn you know, modern understanding of safe needle depth. We'll learn about major nerves, major arteries, things like that as they pertain. And Nowadays, the modern books on acupuncture include all of the modern physiology. So when we learn about these point locations, we learn the traditional knowledge of them. And then on top of that, we're learning about, well, which blood vessels are near there or which nerves are near there or what, what muscles do they pertain to. So that's that's where the focus of a lot of the Western medical training we get is, is as it relates to those acupuncture points to make double sure that we're being safe. So Matthew, what we've seen in the last couple of years is acupuncture is being more and more widely advertised by different types of practitioners such as GP, physiotherapists, osteopaths and chiropractors. What is it that an acupuncturist does that's different to one of these other practitioners? One of the main differences is in most of these instances, there aren't really well-defined regulations about how much training somebody needs. So one way I, I like to make a distinction is to talk about an acupuncturist with a uppercase or capital A as a title of somebody that is licensed and, and has this training like this full training as an acupuncturist versus somebody that sticks some needles in somebody. If you stick some needles in somebody, does that make you an acupuncturist because you've done some acupuncture? It's something that different practitioners may bring into their practice, but mo in most cases, they do so without really rigorous standards about establishing exactly what the training should be, giving thorough examinations to prove that people actually learn those courses, whatever those were, and then some ongoing 
regulation to make sure that people are continuing to fulfill professional standards, like in some cases, ongoing continuing education. I think it's great that other healthcare professionals are recognizing that acupuncture is a valuable clinical tool. We would like to see more standardization and an uplifting of the requirements for any other healthcare professional bringing acupuncture into their practice. So Matt, then could you tell me what is the difference between dry needling and acupuncture? Dry needling is a term that we see a lot of these days, but it's a bit unclear as to what differentiates you know, the, the insertion of needles into points with dry needling versus the insertion of points with acupuncture. Dry needling is a technique that's especially used by physical or physiotherapists. Some other healthcare professionals may be learning under that title too. And the origins of it and how it is different from acupuncture is controversial. Many of the people that promote it insist that it is not acupuncture because it's not based on the theory of the acupuncture channels and learning specific acupuncture points and all of the theory of chi flow in the body as is typically learned in the traditional methods of training in acupuncture. Now, the dry needling people will tell you that this came from the use of trigger point and even using injections for trigger points where they inject some sort of medication into these specific spots. And eventually it was thought, hey, what about trying without actually in injecting a drug, just doing the needle itself? So why would somebody go and see an acupuncturist over a physiotherapist or physical therapist that does dry needling? I think the chances are the people with the greater degree of training will have a better chance of being the best practitioner. But physiotherapists and medical doctors all the good ones, like anything else in life, they really care for their patients and they may learn how to do, even with this limited training, they may learn how to do it in a way that is very helpful to that person. So my personal advice is if you have the option to find those with a greater degree of training, that makes sense that they would be your first choice. But you really still have to look at the individual. Do you feel comfortable with this person? Are they acting in a professional manner? Are they able to answer your questions to your satisfaction about the whole treatment process? You also have to look at the, the personal connection with, with the individual therapist or physician that you're seeking services from. The one thing I do want to say about uh, dry needling is uh, I do have a concern about the type of response that they tend to look for, which is they have this theory about these muscle tissues as being what they call these trigger points of being kind of in spasm, and they look to do needling so they can feel this needle twitch and they can feel the muscle relax and, and start to give way uh, around the needle. My concern is that with acupuncture, we've learned and probably centuries ago learned the hard way about the appropriate needle depth. And if somebody has a problem, for example, around their shoulder blade or areas like that, 
wherever there are ribs, there are lungs. And by far the most common serious problem that can happen from inappropriate needling, and it only happens with inappropriate needling, uh, is a punctured lung. And when somebody is needling with the with the goal of trying to get uh, that needle twitch and feeling that, oh, I got the needle in that knot of the muscle, they may be ignoring the guidelines about proper needling depth and angle. So I do believe that there is something in dry needling that, that does create a greater risk. So I would be concerned much more about dry needling anywhere where it has to do over around the ribs and, and torso type pain around, around those areas that there is uh, probably a higher risk for punctured lung pneumothorax in those types of conditions. And so the take-home message from today's podcast is that acupuncture is based on theory and practice which is thousands of years old, whereas dry needling is based on a theory which involves the insertion of fine needles into trigger points to work on the musculoskeletal system. So what this means is if you're interested in the balance of qi, the yin and yang, and having information which is tailored specifically to your needs, your diet, and your lifestyle, then contact a traditionally trained acupuncturist today. You've been listening to The Jolt Files with Catherine Berry from Acupuncture Professional and Matthew Bauer, President of the Acupuncture Now Foundation. Thanks for listening to The Jolt Files, your electrifying source of healthy East meets West wisdom. Zap over to thejoltfiles.com for exclusive content and special offers. And join us on the next episode to get your spark for life recharged.